The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. Welcome back. Hope you got through the working week well. You're just about there. I'm really looking forward to the weekend. Probably a long weekend for a lot of you with a cup in store on Tuesday. We're into our final hour and what a way to headline it. Love catching up with this man to talk all things football as Channel 10's expert. And he's our expert here. His name's Andy Harper. G'day, Harps. Welcome aboard. Sam, how are you, mate? Going magnificently after watching uh, three Matildas routes. I mean, a successful three games over there in Perth, Andy. I know you kept a very close eye on them. Big crowds, big goals. And I guess while the degree of difficulty will be turned up, this was a nice little postscript to the World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was, actually. Um, these games can be difficult. Um, as we saw in the first and third instalment, um, Western United's Mark Tecaso, coach of the Philippines, will have learned um, a, a really important lesson in his first serious international hit out with the Philippines. He's doing both jobs, of course. Um, having watched the frustration that Iran and then Chinese Taipei were able to inflict, and the resistance was was uh, significant, and the Philippines might have made it a, a little bit more difficult for Australia in that middle game. But, but for the Matildas over the three games, there's a, a lot achieved, some players breaking through, mm. Uh, if there was any doubt beforehand, there is no doubt now that um, the, the the next generation of Matildas will be spearheaded by the wonder that is Mary Fowler. Um, just fantastic. Just fantastic. Yep. 13 goals scored, none conceded. So as far as what we saw on the pitch, an out-and-out success. Now, the A-League men's, we've got our first sacking. It only took round two to get there, Andy. So, and this is two games two A-League games since Melbourne City featured in a grand final, but they've uh, sacked Rado Vidicic. Where do you sit with this? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a break from the normal way uh, that the City Football Group do things. Um, you know, they've, they've resisted temp, the tempest before of an underperforming team or a series of bad results. Um, but when you say a series of bad results, how many bad results have there been? Two, three? Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, that's this year. I mean, the, the the grand final didn't sit well. That was a big day for the club, huge day for the club, mm. um, and, and a complete capitulation, uh, which is not to take, I should hasten to add anything away from the Mariners. They were just magnificent that day. But still, uh, a City Football Group team, and there's a few of them around the planet, as we know, um, and that doesn't sit with a 6-0 defeat. And so that's obviously been rumbling away. Um, you know, there were, there were question marks about the move of Rado Vidicic into the top job when Paddy Kuznorbo left. Hmm. Um, and, you know, he, he managed to keep those discussions at bay by maintaining, basically maintaining the team's momentum. But it totally came unstuck in that grand final, and it's obviously been lingering since. So, um, it, interestingly, at both of the re- these recent, relatively recent junctures, it's been the Mariners who've been the team. There was a... Um, uh, a couple of years ago, Patikas Norbo away to the Central Coast Mariners, I think it was inflicted their third defeat in a row. And mm. a lot of the talk around uh, then was whether Patrick Kuznorbo would see out his time. And of course, history records that not only did he see out his time, he, he did very, very well. Um, no such patience afforded Rado this time. One six nil, you can probably just leave with a little bit of reflux in the system. Uh, such close to two six 
uh, goal concessions is way too much for them to bear, evidently. So he's uh, been given the flick. Yeah, so it was 2-1 first up to Western United. They went down around one of this new season, and then the, the 6-0 hammering was by Adelaide United on Sunday. But around two sacking, it's a question that I, I wasn't prepared to ask you, but has there been an earlier sacking than that in A-League history, like round two, Andy? No, there hasn't been, but of course that's if you look at it as, as the Separately. whole starting. Yeah. yeah. If, and, and the point of this is there's the hangover from last year. So this is not a two-game, uh, this, this is not you know no. being hung after two yep. games. Um, nevertheless, just for what it is, we haven't seen one this early in the season. No. Oh, actually, we have seen a more dramatic one. I remember <laughs> Branko Kalina was sacked by Nathan Tinkler before the season had started. Right. The <laughs> that's that's pretty early. before the season started. So he didn't even get to lose the game that's before he was gone, Branko. That's, that's so pretty early. just come to Mm. <laughs> so, Aurelio Vidmar will be hoping uh, that he fares a little bit better. So he's the interim manager. It's a long interim stint. He's basically he's committed at least until the end of this season, unless unless things really go south. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen with Aurelio. Um, but of course, Rado was an interim until they tied him down to yep. the longer haul because they were happy with the way things were going. Look, things can change very quickly, and he'd be a coach. It's a very peripatetic existence. Uh, oh. Aurelio's coaching career it completely exemplifies that um yeah he's been around too long to expect anything long term out of this but mm. it's a great opportunity for him to get back into the local orbit with a very well resourced program i mean once you're coaching melbourne city yeah there's a lot of expectation but you, one can't complain about a lack of resources um uh, which which a lot of the a-league club coaches still have to confront uh, not so at Melbourne City. There's a, there's a global network of IP into which one can tap. Training facilities, uh, support, players don't go without. So all those bases are covered for Aurelio. Um, and, and now it's up to him and his ability to steer this team of very good footballers towards the, the, the north end of the table, which is where they expect to be. Yeah, so just on that, and I was playing devil's advocate to some degree with Rado earlier, um, but how have they got themselves in this position, Andy? Well, you know, foot, there's no guarantees in football. I mean, you know, how, first of all, let's, let's look at the mothership, Manchester City. With all the investment, how long has it taken them mm. to build the, the, the constant model of success that they're now enjoying? And then the question must be is, how sustainable is that model when Pep Guardiola leaves? And so when, when you distill all this sort of stuff, um, you need to build your football club around a solid base of resourcing and the city football group can guarantee that uh, owners with money can guarantee that what you can't guarantee uh, is the people and the chemistry between the people is going to work um, if it was also predictable sport would be incredibly boring look at manchester united again I, 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 mm. I'm, my is in the local league but these are two great examples where have Manchester United been with all their resourcing and their global power as arguably the number one football brand on the planet, at least, you know, over the last decade and a half, if not at the moment, since Alex Ferguson left? How do you plan for this? How do you plan for the, for the absence? It's just impossible. So this is the fascination of it. And, and maybe Man- and Melbourne City are, are going through that in their own uh, sense now. Um, and, you know, they'll be working really hard to make sure they get the right person in charge, as every club has to do, because personalities are so key in this game. And until AI is completely running the world, including our sport, then the human element will remain this thing that you can't actually Mm. completely manage. Yep.
Until it does. That's right. Hey, Manchester United, I want to come back to because uh, they're in a fair bit of strife under Eric Ten Hag. But stay domestic for a moment. Melbourne victory. Two f- Actually, just on City, winless and bottom um, before we leave them, if you don't mind, Andy. Yeah. And then Sydney FC winless and second bottom. And they play at Amy yeah. Park tonight. I mean, this, this, I dare say, wasn't the Friday night clash that we might have anticipated <laughs> when the fixture came yeah. out. No, I think that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, but but it's got its interest now for a whole heap of different reasons, albeit unexpected ones. Yes, morbid ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think the bigger questions are over Melbourne City than Sydney SC, where I, um, um, because Sydney, Melbourne City showed very little in the uh, before the comp started through the Australia Cup. In fact, um, I watched closely the game. Uh, the Metro Stars out of Adelaide uh, against Melbourne City. And City were very, very fortunate to get through that game. Very fortunate. I thought this was one of the better performances uh, of an NPL club against an A-League club in the Australia Cup. And there have been a few of them. There have been a few of them. Um, And I thought Melbourne City, by the skin of their teeth, got through that one. They weren't that impressive uh, through the Cup. Uh, And you can't say the same for Sydney FC. uh, With all that objectivity, they had... In, on, ro- on route to, to winning the Australia Cup, they ha- had to beat more A-League opposition um, than any other club, any of the other A-League clubs, uh, and including a last, a really last-second escape in their first game of the round of 32 against the Mariners. I mean, Sydney could have been extinguished then. But what we saw through the Cup, particularly in the Cup final, um, means to me that coming into this Friday night clash, not what the, the orchestrators of the draw had in mind, but Sydney come in with a little bit more of a spring in their step uh, because of that. Melbourne City have not shown much form at all outside of the Champions League, did a different set of circumstances. Uh, and the club, you know, should be re- congratulated for, for setting themselves up so nicely in the Champions League. But how often do we see in football, you know, form in one comp doesn't translate to form necessarily in another. And fighting fires on two fronts can be difficult. Uh, and they've found after two games, Melbourne City, the home front, is, is burning a little bit out of control. I need to stop that tonight. A Melbourne victory, two from two under Popper, Tony Popovich, who would have, Andy, oh, would have had to have come in under a fair bit of pressure given the way last season unfolded. Huge pressure. Mate, huge pressure on the field and huge pressure in the boardroom. Hmm. I mean, you know, the financial situation of Melbourne victory for so long, the flag bearer and the pride and joy of the league was pretty laid bare, um, has been laid bare over the last 12 months and, you know, they've had two disastrous seasons in the last three. They can't afford to have another one this year um, on the field or off the field. And, and you know, we, uh, the, the league needs Melbourne victory, but desperately needs Melbourne victory. Uh, like any big competition, needs its big teams. You know, and that's true of the AFL and the Rugby League and, and in Spain and Italy and England. It's the big clubs that drive the business of the leagues. Mm. And Melbourne victory is the biggest. And and the league and football in Australia, um, despite the tribal rivalries that go around this, of course, and we love those, but you know, anyone who says Melbourne victory isn't uh, central to the success of the A-League isn't, isn't really tuned into what's needed. Now, that doesn't mean they have to win every year. But by guys, we can't afford them to have another year like last year. Yeah, and it was 5-3 over Newcastle. Gee, this is entertaining. Uh, the aptly named Bruno Fornaroli, given he, he found the back of the net four times. What about that Rabona? Yeah. Well, you know, he's done two at Amy Park. He did one in the golden, in my, by my recollection, the golden years of Melbourne City. 
when they had that Harry Navio, Aaron Moy, Bruno Fornaroli triumvirate just just yep. running rough shot through the comp. And he did a magnificent Rabona pass on halfway in a flowing counter-attack, which resulted in a stunning goal. And then he's done this last week. I, I can't speak highly enough of my admiration over the years for Bruno Fornaroli. Um, I'd be, I, I think I can speak on a lot of people's behalf and think maybe the flame had gone out. You know, maybe Father Time had had consigned um, Bruno to perhaps a bit part contribution here and there. And I can't say how happy I am that a player of his stature, uh, his humility, what he's provided for Australian football fans came back with a bang last week. It was fantastic. I really hope he can push on and, and, and be in the top goal-scoring considerations this year because what he's delivered so far deserves no less. Yeah, geez, it sets the scene nicely for tomorrow night back at Amy, doesn't it? Because they've got the top of the table, uh, Adelaide, which should be an absolute cracker. Um, let's quickly talk EPL before we leave you, Andy. The return of Maurizio Pochettino to Tottenham. Uh, Chelsea Spurs this weekend, always a big occasion. It's Tuesday, I think, 7 a.m. our time, the kickoff, and just Spurs. That's how they're introduced now. So these games are big anyway, and then you throw Maurizio into the mix. Yeah, and of course, Ange. I mean, you know, there were people enthralled by the start of the season of Tottenham, uh, equally who are waiting for Ange to slip or the team to slip. Um, and Chelsea haven't convinced anyone yet. It's been a, a difficult opening phase of the season for Pochettino. Uh, but a, a London derby can bring out the necessary best of the Chelsea team to have a crack at Tottenham. It's a big challenge for Tottenham, of course, who now have, have the big target on their back. And no one expected that coming into this season. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're, the, the tall poppy syndrome, it's not confined to Australia. You know, there's a lot of people waiting for this, the upstart Postacoglu to get his comeuppance. Um, and obviously, he'll, he'll know that, Ange, and he'll be uh, not phased by it. In fact, he'll, oh, I dare say, welcome the challenge. But nevertheless, there'll be people, you know, looking, there'll be a lot of cynical people just waiting for the time when the Spurs thing grinds to a halt. And they'll be hoping, expecting it's going to start this weekend, particularly those who are of the Chelsea here. But I don't see it coming anytime quickly. I think it's going to be a mighty clash. Pochettino's an outstanding operator. Um, uh, quite how much longer he's going to expect of himself before Chelsea gets going. Mm. The way he wants them remains to be seen. Um, it's certainly going to be worth tuning in for this one. I want to leave you with uh, Manchester United. Uh, as big a brand in the game as there is across the globe, uh, they lost their last two games 3-0, and I think they've lost eight from 15 matches in all competitions this season. So how much strife is uh, old Eric Ten Hagen, do you think? Well, I don't think he's got a lot of political capital left. Uh, I, I think he earned a lot of plaudits in a very, very tumultuous set of circumstances with the way he moved Cristiano Ronaldo yeah, on. yeah. Um, and by securing the club's first trophy in a long time last year, winning the League Cup and finishing an incredible uh, position in the league. Uh, and Ten Hag suggested by his reputation that he was going to do that. What's gone on since then, God only knows. I mean, it, it's a catastrophe at the moment. And I use that word only in sporting terms with no relation to the disaster that's going on in the world at the yeah, moment. But yeah. in sport, um, it's a catastrophe. Uh, he does He does look a little idealist at the moment. I'm not quite sure he's got too many games left before he can find something. I mean, they've lost 8 of 15 matches this year. If you continue on a losing record, which is not going to happen because they'll sack him before then, he's got to start turning this into a, into a winning record. If he doesn't, uh, and the club is prepared because of this off-field sales saga with, with Radcliffe, um, 
uh, and the club, you just look at the numbers, eight losses out of 15. You continue on that path, you, you're in the, by definition, the bottom half of the table and then potentially staving off relegation. I mean, whoever would have put relegation and Manchester United in the same sentence? Now, <laughs> they're a long way off from that. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> they can't afford to let it get to that point if Ten Hag has has just lost it totally. Mm. And at the moment, a manager of his quality, I, I respectfully suggest that's not the case, but is in all manner of trouble at the moment. And it's going to call. He'll have to call upon all his quality and resource to turn this ship around in a very short period of time. Andy, just awesome to chat as always, mate. Appreciate you being so generous with your time. We've got the morbid curiosity that is tonight's kickoff between uh, Melbourne City and Sydney FC. That's at 7.45. And Amy, and big weekend overseas as well. I'm looking forward to Spurs and Chelsea on the Tuesday morning. Uh, enjoy it all, mate. I know you will. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus tonight, and there is something fascinating about a train crash which does attract... <laughs> A lot of ghoulish fascination. So tune in. Paramount Plus it is. Andy Harper there, our Channel 10 Paramount Plus football expert, joining us as he does each and every week on the Captain's Run. Melbourne's weather today, cloudy, top of 17, nothing to write home about. That's for City Power, supplying power to homes in the CBD and the inner suburbs. What we can write home about, though, is what's coming up next. A little sprinkling of magic.